Well, it's Saturday, November 28th, 2020. Here in Bakersfield, California, about 1 in the afternoon. It's pretty chilly here, but not nearly as chilly as it was yesterday in Norway. Uh, the excitement this weekend was Killian's attempt at the 24-hour world record, which never really thought was going to happen, and of course it ended up not. Like I said, I came back yesterday from my second workout with my friend Liz up in the bluffs, and I was had YouTube on my one of my screens, and I saw all these people crowded around, someone laying on the ground on the frozen tundra of Norway on the track, and it turned out really couldn't figure out what was going on. So, of course, I went to Twitter, and one of the first tweets I saw was this in Spanish, and basically translated it was... Uh, translate tweet it said Killian Jordan has abandoned due to cold and fatigue um, and yep you know kind of get that of course I was saying in uh, the podcast I did yesterday which you know it's gotten some traction I, I my video I did about I didn't really expect him thought he might get to 100 miles quickly and then probably not continue on because he's never really done anything like that and of course first try at it would be quite difficult I've done many, many um, 24-hour and beyond races and crewed at many elite ones where I've seen world records being broken with Camille Heron and Zach Bitter. And, you know, they're tough. They're definitely difficult. You definitely have to learn what to do and whatnot. It's always kind of funny when people say a steep learning curve. It's always like you'd actually want a steep learning curve because that would mean you would learn quickly. So it's actually not that. It's kind of a misnomer. So, anyways, we'll be talking a little bit more about that, but that was kind of the big excitement this weekend. There were some good performances, which we'll be talking about in a minute here. Uh, training Peaks, which I always like, uh, tweeted out, uh, evidence reveals that heavy training loads can be detrimental to your sleep. That's not new to many of us who receive interval training, inc- who've increased interval training, trained later than normal, or extended a Sunday ride and ended up tossing and turning till dawn. And that's definitely the case. I mean... I know when I get a heavy workload, you do mess up your sleep. It's one of the reasons why I like having the Fitbit, um, so you can kind of keep track of that kind of stuff. And in fact, my Fitbit the other day recorded me as resting heart rate, the average, not like how low it gets during the day, but a 49, and I haven't been below 50 since my fall back in March and my hospitalization because of heart failure. But yeah, that's kind of what you need to do. Um, One of the things I've really helped me with um, heavy workloads um, with sleep, I mean, I used to take melatonin, but even melatonin left me really groggy. I mean, it's not as bad as like I used to take Tylenol PM, and man, I was completely worthless the next day. Uh, but melatonin sort of worked. What I do now, which many athletes do, and I'm probably doing a podcast on it in the future, is I take some CBD gummy bears, and they seem to work pretty good. You know, they're supposedly THC free. I am sort of straight edge, meaning I don't drink, don't smoke, do drugs. Uh, but uh, they definitely seem to help you with the sleep and some of the inflammation uh, when you really put out some hard work. So highly recommend trying those out. And this is probably an interesting little article there. Um, then we kind of t- move along, and I will be talking about um, USA Running said, Sebastian Connor Hawkinson paced with Killian for the first two hours. He set Norwegian 12-hour record and then hit 100 miles, an impressive 12.39. And um, it's kind of cool that... Norway is definitely up and coming. You have the Ingrisson uh, brothers who have been crushing it the 1,500 and 5,000 races. And uh, they've got that great hurdler war home. And I always kind of like watching Norway. I always love their speed skaters and their cross-country skiers. And, of course, my great-grandmother. Uh, my, actually, not my great-grandmother. My grandmother came over from Sweden back in the 1900. 
And so I come from Swedish stock, that Eastern European, not Eastern European, Northern Europeans. So definitely interesting. Of course, you're like Chris Chavez from Sports Illustrated said, about 10 hours and 26 minutes to his 24-hour run, Killian drops out due to injury. Covered about 83 miles. Carlos's record of 188 miles from 1997 will stand. And it's going to stand for quite some time. Um, Boof. One of this magazine, Sidious Mag. I used to think of Citrus. Wow. I don't, definitely my old eyes are getting thing. It says, people asking, how do you make track more entertaining? Or asking, answering the wrong question. Track is entertaining. People that don't think so simply aren't paying attention. I know because I used to be one of them. And so this person was kind of writing an article. And, you know, I mean, track is, I mean, especially good quality meets. There's all kinds of stuff going on. I think a lot of times it's just not that entertaining because, um, you know, we just have lousy commentators and the way they covered the sport and stuff. You know, if they worked on that and put people that were interested in it more so. Um, I mean, like last year, back in October, when they had the World Championship Track and Field in Doha, it was amazing performances and some amazing uh, stories and stuff. And I think sometimes they just try and go about it the wrong way and they need to treat it more as a sport. And, of course, it doesn't help that here in the United States we're cutting college track, especially men's track and field, right and left. And it's going to basically really hurt track and field, especially the USA program. And the thing is, in the World Championships and the Olympics, if there aren't Americans winning, the Americans aren't going to care because we are definitely the land of team sports, football, basketball, baseball. And so track and field definitely takes a, a second seat, if it even has a seat. I mean, for example, here in Kern County, we're a big football town. Uh, the high school my kids went to, Bakersfield High, has won seven or eight state titles, seven way back in the day, and then one currently. You know, so football is king here. And, uh, you know, basketball, volleyball, soccer, and cross-country and track are pretty low down the totem pole. And, I mean, it kind of says everything you need to know. We had, when I was coaching 2006 to 2009, one all-weather track, and we have 16 high schools back then. Now we have probably 20 high schools in the area, and we have two all-weather tracks. And our all-weather tracks are locked up, and nobody can use them, including the uh, one at Cal State, which is a total disaster. They can't even have meets on their thing because it's so beat up. And then Bakersfield Junior College, to get there's re-renovated, but you still nobody's allowed. The public's not allowed to use them. And it's interesting because lots of other communities, you actually can use the public track and field tracks. I mean, Buchanan's got a multi-million dollar track that's like one of the best in the world. It was right up there with like the Beijing Olympics track. And I think they resurfaced it recently. And I remember seeing a thing I retweeted about how they're asking people that are using the track to please play appropriate music and please allow the athletes to use the inner lanes when they're training for their school teams. So they let the public use it. So it kind of tells you here in Kern County how much we value track. Not too much. We don't have all-weather tracks for the kids to work out on. Heck, we don't have swimming pools for kids to swim either here in this community. And then what really is a slap in the face is when I was coaching from 2006 to 2009, we were going out to, there was two new high schools, a bunch of high schools being built because, you know, the housing boom. Speaking of that, I was watching the movie on Wall Street, the second Wall Street movie. I didn't even know there was a second one made with uh, Green is Good, Gordon Gecko thing. And, you know, during the housing boom, they were building high schools here like crazy and our population was growing. And we went out to Cal, we went to this one school called Golden Valley and uh, the kids were all running really fast. And we're thinking, man, what's going on here? And then someone finally went out and measured the track. 
And instead of being 400 meters, it was 400 yards. <laughs> I, I kid you not. So that was kind of crazy. And then uh, uh, later on, another school got built, Frontier High School, had a great track pro- program, had a great coach, uh, Gaietti. And um, we noticed like all the times were really slow out there. And so back-to-back schools in Kern County High School District built. The first one, instead of 400 meters, was 400 yards. The second track, they made it 440 meters. Now, 440 yards would be, you know, a traditional old-school mile, four laps to a mile track. So they made it 440 yards. So it was 440 meters. So it was 40 meters too long. So no wonder the kids were running slow. In a mile race, they were running an extra 160 meters. (laughs) So... So, yeah, and doing uh, relays, uh, handoffs and stuff in both tracks was just ridiculous. So track's pretty interesting sport, but unfortunately, maybe not so here in America. Let's run. You can always count on those guys. They say, score one for old school running. Giannis Kuros, legend grows, and that's definitely the case there. And I was kind of pointing that out and had a few people getting all butthurt. I mean, I know trail people, they just love to – hang on to their heroes like Jim Walmsley and Killian Jordan. And, you know, and these guys do kind of follow in tradition of, especially Walmsley, of the, you know, um, James Dean running, Steve Prefontaine, you know, talk a big game, make big proclamations, and then go out and not necessarily make them. But, you know, people love that. It's kind of interesting. Um, Training Peaks, another article, the flexibility of body's automatic nervous system underpins the ability to respond to stresses effectively and explain some of the differences between people in their levels of resilience and you know for the longest time you would have definitely thought that Killian was pretty resilient but obviously under conditions yesterday the Spaniard was not as resilient as the Norwegians in that frozen tundra of a race I still I will never understand and of course probably never hear an answer except for the flip answer the guy gave me you know I said why are you doing this race at the end of November in Norway and they just responded why not? <laughs> and uh, I can say, well, why not? Because, you know, you're in, your top guy ended up in the hospital and uh, it was kind of a disaster. Um, Greg McMillan says, people excel are ones who had termination and clear-cut goals and habitually direct all energies towards fulfilling them. And that's Joe Vigil, great coach. And that's definitely the case. You know, if you really want to be the best, you've got to put it in. I often hear... Um, Bill Simmons on his podcast talk about LeBron James and how LeBron, you know, he's been in the NBA now for, God, for 18 years or something, right out of high school. But he not only, you know, puts so much work into his craft, but he spends tons of money and time taking care of his body with everything from diet to rehab, prehab, and all that stuff. So, you know, you definitely want to be the best. You've got to put in the work. Um, speaking of the best, uh, if you watch the Prep Cal Track, HD Runners, 2019 season on YouTube uh, the against Great Oak in Newberry Park. I highly recommend it. Talking about the best, Sean Brunson is the coach in Newberry Park. And he tweeted out yesterday, instead of saying today we would have been traveling to California cross-country championships, focus on the good. I know I'm a better coach from this and my athletes learn more this fall than if we had had a season. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the case, but I sure wish we've had a season. It just seems kind of crazy that we can't run outdoors cross-country, I mean, but here in California, they've definitely gone hog-wild. And speaking of that, uh, runners often dwell on bad running days. Instead, we learn to invest heavily in the good running days, savor them, and think of them often. 
And this is from my Twitter for endurance news and random musings for today. Then I wanted to switch over to my Instagram where I put out some original content. Twitter, I mainly retweet uh, stuff I've seen around the world. On Instagram, I put out a little bit more stuff. Here I did an article about um, racing can be a scary thing and some things and some tips that you can use and you can find that on YouTube. Then, of course, scrolling up, kind of the news of the day um, about Killian stopped earlier than I predicted, 24-hour record fail, and um, just said that uh, he ended his record attempt and that he had experienced extreme dizziness and had been advised by his doctor to stop. So the record's safe. There's a kind of a cool photo I found of Giannis, 24 hours, 303 kilometers. Just this unbelievable thinking about how that went down. Um, uh, USA 24-hour team put out a great uh, post that I reposted. Shout out to the three finishers of the Killian Phantasm 24. I'm not going to I'm going to try these guys' names. Harold, he did 144 miles. Uh, Joe Ng was 136. And Seaman was 129. Killian was taken to the hospital for precautionary measures after dizziness on the track. Expect to make comment today. Um, and, uh, Sebastian Conrad set a Norwegian record in 12 hour and the 100 for 12.39 before retiring from the race. And another guy went 178 kilometers. And uh, this uh, Sebastian guy is pretty phenomenal. He said he weighed 900 kilos, which that's almost 200 pounds. He's a more an obstacle course, 24 hour, tough mudder type of guy. It's a pretty big guy to be running 100 miles in 12.39. So congratulations to him. And, of course, they says the biggest number for sure was the race was at 28 degrees, minus 2 Celsius uh, was during most of the race. Cold temperatures make it difficult for muscles to stay relaxed and for the body to conserve energy and take in nutrition under these conditions. A great effort by the athletes. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to across the years half a dozen times. And, man, it's just at night. During the day, we're lucky it gets into the 50s, 60s. Yeah, but at night, man, it is that 20-degree weather. Unless you save some energy during the daytime, you are freezing your butt off. A little photo here I saw this morning out on my chug, five-minute run, five-minute walk, some sort of Santa thing on the fence by the canal. Um, I did an article, uh, I mean, a video this morning kind of talking to how I compare ultra running is jazz. Ultra trail running is jazz. Fixed time ultra running is like classical music, and so I'd have to, you know, listen to that and see my take on that. Uh, this was always good. I always like following Luis Escobar. He was part of the Born to Run, excellent photographer. He was down there when they wrote the Born to Run book, and uh, he's out of used to be out of Santa Barbara. Has put on quite a number of races as a race director, and he posted this photo back in 1995. Uh, his first hundred and his first encounter with the Taramara Indian runners. And he says, this was their first and last Western States experience. Snow and ice from squad at Duncan forced them to wear socks and shoes. Story goes they were wearing soccer cleats purchased the day before from the Ace Hardware store in Truckee. After Duncan, they ditched the boots, laced up their trusty brooches, and completed a run. Gabriel Bastista finished third overall in 1846. And Lewis did... Tw- 60th and 2630 um and so i was very fortunate my friends who put on beyond limits 
race up in Palm Springs and also the Jackpot Ultra and the Happy Hippie that I just went and did in Vegas. They put on a trail race, the Red Rock 100 mile, 50 miler, and they invited the Taramara to come up and run and they gave a big donation to the organization too. They were starting up a company selling some products, some uh, nutritional products. But anyways, I went up there for my birthday and I hung out for four or five days. Half a dozen of the Taramara were there staying at their house. I got to hang out with them, spend a week with them, and it was a very interesting time. And uh, very one of the things you kind of find out is that they like running 50-mile, 100K. They're not really into doing the 100-mile because they don't run all night because obviously in the Copper Canyons, they're not out there running all night overnight. So great bunch of people. I remember one of the highlights of the trip was after we the race and everything, the day after we went and did a photo shoot at the Red Rock Canyon, super pretty place. And and then we went because Ken, the race director who puts on Beyond Limits, he used to work at one of the casinos. We went to a casino for the Sunday buffet and you got me, big 250 pound guy, and then the Taramara and a couple of them in their traditional garb and we go walking in there on a Sunday morning and the locals were kind of like, what the heck? And a very fun day. I remember it was interesting, like, uh, the guys didn't really understand it was all you can eat. And then also it was kind of entertaining that the only thing they went for was the Mexican food. They didn't want to touch or go near the other stuff. Um, oh my gosh, this thing is so funny. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> it's the Grinch coming out of the bushes. And that poor kid looks scared to death. And uh, the little girl is a little bit braver, but uh, it's a uh, uh, <laughs> Grinch stole Christmas thing. And... Um, Camille Heron, I love her. She's fun. I was there when she broke the world record uh, for women in the 24-hour race in the cold and desert solstice, which is coming up in a few weeks. And she just recently won the uh, John F. Kennedy 50-miler last weekend. She put out a nice uh, tweet here, not tweet, Instagram. Following the Moon Valley 24-hour event was really cool to watch and also remind her how extremely difficult 24 hours is. You throw an extreme cold and watching athletes do it for the first time, brutal. I'm proud of Killian for trying and Seb Conrad running Norwegian records in a stellar 12.39 for 100 miles. Learning curve is huge for 24 hours. It took Giannis Kuros 13 years and many tries to reach his 303.188 miles. I ran 270K in my third attempt. There's a lot of room for improvement and striving to reach 280K, 174 miles. It's like a game of human chess and trying to figure out how to be a master at it. And I've often compared ultra running to chess I used to say that marathon running was like checkers and ultra running was like chest. And now I kind of say 100 mile running is kind of like checkers, you know, because these fast guys, you know, they get done 100 miles in 12 hours. And then the thought of going on for another 12 hours is pretty daunting. Um, that's why I'm looking forward to this year's Desert Solstice because um, Zach Bitter, who I've had the opportunity of being lapped and lapped many, many times by him, he is going to go for the 24 hour time this time. You know, he's often just run to the 12 hours, set world records, set world records in the 100 mile. He is going to go for the 24 this year. And he's been sharing his training on Instagram. Highly recommend following him. And so that should be very interesting to see how he does. I will definitely be watching the internets for that one. And then uh, this photo right here, uh, a friend of mine, the guy from Bones of Brundage, Nate Berg, who I've done, uh, did a podcast with, who booked the uh, punk rock shows and made this documentary bones of brundage he sent me this flyer from way back in 1987 when i first opened up andy noise it was actually called then what 
records and um we used to have bands play and this band was on sst which is the label of black flag and Soundgarden's first album we're on and we used to have bands play and this was of course a sunday afternoon show june 28th at three o'clock pretty crazy time this kind of seems like a lifetime ago that i was doing and annoys the record store store was originally called then what but then it got changed within the first year because i had a partner and a long story but Anyways, that was kind of an interesting to receive that and the uh, internets. And then thought I'd finish this up. Killian did write on Instagram about what happened. And it says, Killian says, it didn't go as I thought. I was expecting to enter the pain zone to push my body, but I broke it another way. Um, and he, of course, wants to thank everybody. Um, he says, it was not easy. Weather conditions in different situations had it make it very hard to organize. And all of you have done an excellent work. Um, of course, and then he says um, that uh, <clears throat> he's you know basically thanking a lot of people. He said, and so his story on this race was race started well, went all normal with its ups and downs, some small but normal pains, but as planned, and till hour after ten hours when I suddenly felt two consecutive sharp oppressive pain in my chest. I got very dizzy and got medical attention thanks to a doctor who was in the race. Sorry, I forget his name. For your help, the ambulance took me to the hospital where I've been doing tests and in observation this night. All seems okay now, no big problems, but we'll be good to do some further tests. And then he congratulates the uh, their athletes for their performances. He says, now we'll take a break, try to rest a bit. Racing is unpredictable. Sometimes even with great preparation, things happen. But races and mountains will still be there, and the 24-hour are still on the list. So be interesting to see if he goes back and tries it again. I'm sure he will. He's never backed down from a challenge. And I myself know all about heart conditions with my congestive heart failure and the ongoing treatment and the ongoing uh, trials and tribulations of trying to get back to some semblance of normal. And like I said, as I always say, as always, stay healthy, be boring, not epic.